brought to you by Fruitnet Media. This is Fruitbox. Hello, welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations, which we now broadcast once a week, every Wednesday or Thursday, to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, Europe is facing a more gloomy autumn and winter than normal this year. Why? Because of the coronavirus, of course, a second wave of which is now upending people's lives yet again. Uh, So what impact might this second wave have on business here in Europe and more especially on the distribution of fresh fruits and vegetables? To discuss this with me today, I'm delighted to be joined down the line from Florence in Italy by Linda Carobbi. She's the corporate director, fresh fruit of Savino del Bene, the logistics and supply chain specialists. Linda, welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris, and thank you so much for inviting me here. Now, Savino del Bene is an international logistics business, which is headquartered in your hometown of Florence in Italy. And and inevitably, that means that a lot of your business is about handling logistics and supply chain for fresh produce coming out of Italy or coming into Italy. The impact of this crisis has been felt hard in, in Italy since the start of 2020, what impact has it had and, and have there been efforts to make the supply chain a lot simpler or is it inevitable that life becomes kind of a, li- a little bit more complicated for everybody? Well, there is no doubt that COVID had an impact in the entire global supply chain, maybe never seen before. It could be negative or positive depending on the viewpoint, but for sure it was and it is challenging. For example, e-commerce and online sales had an incredible boost, and we saw a consistent growth in in online platforms where we can basically buy everything, and of course, also fresh fruit and vegetable. And there, Linda, you're you're talking about generally, or you're talking also about Italy? I'm talking about Italy, but I I think that also generally speaking, we can adapt this version also to generally speaking. Mm. In Italy, in particular, bars and restaurants had to somehow rethink totally or partially their business model in order to comply with the increasing demand in online purchases and home deliveries mm-hmm. if they wanted to keep staying in the business. So now in Italy, we, are, we all are more familiar in buying online also fresh fruit and vegetables. And also this could mean that the retailers as well need to adjust to this new reality if they do not want to lose market share. Mm. So going back to your question, uh, as I used to say, behind the word crisis, there could be the word opportunity if we are ready to open our minds and to change the chip. This is always my uh, my opinion. Mm. I'm sure it's shared. It's an opinion shared uh, by by many, many people. And if I look more more specifically at the kind of the work that you do in, in logistics and supply chain management and so on. There's always a lot of talk about things like blockchain. Is that is that becoming more of an issue for you now kind of because of COVID and and um, and the complications that come with it? And, and what difference has this kind of technology made to the way in which you do your work? 
Well, let me say first, uh, Chris, that blockchain as part of the digital transformation is something that really is attracting me very much. Mm -hmm. So much that last May, during the lockdown, I decided to attend the exam to become digital innovation manager. What? certified with Bugo Veritas. Now, I'm very attracted from all the concepts that uh, lies on, behind the, the, the digital transformation process. Apart from this, we have to say that Italy uh, is somehow some steps behind compared uh -huh. to other countries as far as uh, digital transformation and blockchain. So COVID-19 for sure uh, favored this digital transformation. For example, the ports of Genoa and Savona uh, have recently defined the new guidelines for the digitalization of traffic flows at ports and terminals to help with the difficulties caused by the health crisis. Mm. So what I mean, I want to say that digitalization was identified as a tool to improve and facilitate accessibility to the ports mm. and terminals in order to avoid the, the long queues, the long lines of trucks mm. waiting to enter or going out from the terminal. So they somehow um, create a sort of mobile app where the operators, where the trackers, they can announce their arrival at the terminal mm -hmm. in order to avoid, of course, the lines that I was mentioned before. But again, we also have to keep in mind that, uh, as, I, as I said before, Italy is, um, is composed from medium and small companies, sometimes still familiar companies. So it is not so easy to have them marry these new words like blockchain, digital transformation. So again, they need to adapt to this new uh, reality and to change the chip. So we, we, we start to see, of course, uh, uh, especially in the fresh fruit business, some producers that are adopting the blockchain in order to, um, to testify the origin and all the steps taken by their products. Mm -hmm. But again, we have a long way in front of us as far as my country. <laughs> Well, but by the same token, I mean, it, Italians are enormously adaptable to uh, new technology and, and, uh, and I think they, they welcome technology in a way that, uh, you know, perhaps in other countries they, they sometimes don't. But let, let's turn to your work in, in ocean and air freight shipments, which is where Savino del Bene does so much of its business. And, and first on the, on the question of air freight, um, I mean, I, I sit here in central London and the number of planes that that pass over my house are so so fewer today than they were this time a year ago. And of course, that's because of COVID. Um, so I imagine that the whole issue of air freight has just become so much more complicated simply because there are many fewer planes in the skies these days. What, what impact has it had for you practically as a business? Well, uh, the impact of the COVID on the air sector has been very, very strong. You have to think that last March, two flights out of three were cancelled and the drop in passengers was approximately 85%. So, and the, the International Air Transport Association estimated the damage for the entire air sector of, of around 250 billions of dollars which is approximately 44% on annual basis. Wow. This is because the coronavirus has grounded most airplanes all over the world. So what happened? 
that practically all air carriers have reconverted most of their passenger flight, passengers' flights into cargo flights by removing the seats. So the same airplanes that used to seat hundreds of passengers are now transporting products destined to be exported. Because of course, without the seats, there is more room for goods that usually travel beneath the feet of passengers. So at the beginning of the health emergency, the majority of the product that, that, were, air, that were air transported in the world were medical products, products like ventilators, masks, you know, all these kind of stuff. And actually, starting from early April, Savino del Bene has been providing frequent charter services from China to Europe to oh, supply really? exactly to supply medical and personal protection equipment Gosh. to deal with the health emergency. And I have to tell you that still nowadays, even if of course the export and import business of all the other products restarted again, it is it is still somehow difficult to find all the space in the flights. So Savino del Bene is still providing for our customers weekly charters from, for example, Italy to New York. Mm -hmm. This is because our fashion customers, because Savino del Bene deals with a lot of fashion customers, uh, they need to ship on time the products to the U.S. department stores because Thanksgiving and Christmas are just around the corner. So they need to ship the goods. And also we are shipping an average of 20 tons per week of chestnuts from Italy oh, really? to New York. Yeah, still because of the Thanksgiving, <laughs> which yes, is really around the corner. It will be a very strange one, but you know, the American people will never uh, ab abandon the, the chestnuts for the Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, uh, I, I live in central London. You can send some chestnuts to me because I love them. Okay. <laughs> Do, so. Fantastic. Take a note. I take a note. <laughs> Thank you. And then, and then on to the question of ocean freight. Uh, um, what have been the big issues here? Um, and, and for you in, in Italy, I mean, you, you mentioned a moment ago about blockchain in the ports. Has there been a kind of slowdown in handling at the ports because of the crisis? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, also from the ocean viewpoint, the COVID uh, had an impact that, uh, frankly speaking, I am, I am in the business since 20 years and I never saw something like this. Because we all remember that when the COVID came out last January in China, thousands and thousands of containers were stuck in the Chinese ports. Yes. Because due to the lockdown, Chinese companies could not pick them up promptly. Mm. But in the meantime, other vessels were arriving to the Chinese ports and they could not discharge the containers because terminals were already full. So, you know, it, it, also, also, apart from this, we, we saw an unbelievable amount of blank sailings worldwide. The blank sailing means that the ocean carrier decided out of the blue to cancel a certain vessel that was supposed to leave from, from port A going to port B. So of course, this made even more difficult to find available spaces in the vessels. Another consequence of the COVID was that the shipping companies have started returning the hired ships in an attempt to mitigate costs. Mm. 
Mm. You have to know that maritime carriers are, are usually are, are now trying to get rid of chartered container ships because the letters generally represent a considerable percentage of ships for each carrier and they are very expensive. Mm. So all these actions lead to a reduction of the total tonnage, worldwide speaking, of approximately 20% less compared to the pre-COVID situation. So this reduction in availability of vessels and spaces in the vessel is creating an imbalance in terms of availability of river containers. So globally speaking, there are too many containers available in some areas of the world and too few containers in other areas where they are more necessary. And how is this going to work itself out then? How's that going to resolve itself? <laughs> it's not so easy to get resolved, or at least it's, it, it cannot be resolved for free. Yeah. Because the ocean carriers are now facing high repositioning costs to bring the equipment where needed. So, of course, all these factors are creating increasing in ocean freight levels. We are already seeing this process in most of the trade lanes. And of course, at the end, who is gonna to, who's gonna pay for these increases? The goods, so the shipper or the receiver. So, I mean, at the end, we, we, we arrive at the, at the point where if a customer wants to ship the goods, he has to pay more if this is required from the market. You know, it, it, it's always a question of demand and supply. Of course. Very basic. <laughs> Well, certainly, certainly keeping you extraordinarily busy, I can imagine. Now, let, let's look uh, a little further afield. And, and Italy, the country you're from, is one of the world's great fresh fruit and vegetable exporting countries. And yet in many products, Italy seems to have lost market share over the years to, to countries like Spain, especially when it comes to um, distribution, I think, here in Europe. Do you think that Italy can recapture this market share or, or is in, in Europe, for example, or is it, is, is it for Italians now a question about exporting more of their uh, fruits and vegetables to markets outside Europe, um, to Asia, to North America and, and elsewhere? Well, you're right. Spain is really growing fastly. So uh, Italian producers are trying their best to export their products wherever the letters are better paid. And as I said before, it all depends on supply and demand. Um, as far as kiwi and apples, I think Italy is still in the highest part of the ranking. And these products of ours are, are really appreciated in all those countries where they can be exported. However, we have to point out that it seems somehow that the Spanish government is more focused on supporting the fresh fruit and vegetable system with a lot of measurements to help them and to promote their products, not only in the domestic market, but also abroad. Just to give you some ideas, I mean, Spain was able to sign the protocols to export uh, grapes and plums to China, mm. while Italy cannot yet. Mm. And we have to consider that Italy is one of the most important grape producers in the world. Absolutely. Exactly. Then, for example, the citrus, both countries have signed the protocol with China, but Spain is definitely shipping much more containers than Italy. And one of the reasons is also due to the fact that some ocean carriers decided to change the rotation of their vessels to facilitate Spanish export rather than Italian one with shorter transit time. 
This is because Spain exports overseas much more than Italy. And being ocean carriers, uh, profit companies, after all, uh, they are investing more in our Iberic cousins. And additionally, very sad to say that work labor is cheaper in Spain than in Italy. And this makes Spanish prices usually lower than ours, not to mention Greece that is booming in the last years. And uh, I think it, it will keep booming for, the, for at least the next five years, especially in the Kiwi. So we, we would really need more uh, support from the government, also because the, the, the Italian fresh fruit and vegetable supply chain helps us all to eat healthy and to stay in good shape. And now more than ever, this is very important. Well, and, and I think, uh, and I'm not just saying this because I'm half Italian, but uh, I think uh, there's a, how should I say, there's a, there's a quality uh, when it comes to flavour and uh, so on of Italian fresh fruits and vegetables that I think uh, are unbeatable. Just try a, a wonderful uh, orange from Sicily or the glorious vegetables that you have, not to mention the apples and the kiwi fruit and so on. But anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked a lot about sustainability in, in recent episodes of Fruitbox, and I know that you're a regular listener, often in traffic jams, getting to work in correct. But, but what impact do the, do, does this issue of sustainability have for you as a major logistics business? I mean, is it all about kind of saving costs or does it concern you that your transport, certainly for consumers, is almost always seen as a kind of en enemy of climate change. It's the one thing that's contributing to the to global warming. That's what they think. Transport, transport, and, and you're guilty of that. <laughs> well, of course, air and ocean shipments have an impact from these viewpoints. Uh, we all remember that during the various lockdown in the world, we saw phenomenal and unbelievable things, such as a dolphin in Venice Laguna. So, I mean, this is really something unbelievable. Now, as far as we are concerned, as Savino del Bene, we are not the owners of airplanes or vessels. So from our viewpoint, what you can try to do to be more sustainable is, for example, avoid printing all our documents and replacing them with digitalization and e-docs procedures, of course. But the major role has to be done from air and ocean carriers. Actually, uh, as from January 1st, 2020, all ocean carriers had to comply with the new IMO 2020 rule. This is a new regulation that means they have to use a greener fuel for the vessels or adopt a sort of filter in the vessel engines. And this is, is costing a lot to the ocean carriers. So it, it has an impact on their budget. And you have to, you have to think, uh, Chris, that during the last months of 2019, everybody in my sector was just talking about this new regulation of IMO 2020. So everybody was very worried about the impact from the economical viewpoint on the, on the business, but then COVID arrived. And so everything passed, you know, sometimes, some, yes. somehow COVID had the first, pla the first place on the, on the rank. Uh, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, everything changed. But anyway, they still have to comply with this new regulation because, mm -hmm. of course, uh, everybody is now realizing that the climate change is 
deeply impacted from the uh, international logistic and international transportation. But, of, but as well, the consumers nowadays are so familiar to have everything in every precise moment in every part of the world that how can we stop the international shipments? I, I, I see it very, it, it's, I mean, it's very hard to think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, time, time is uh, against us, but I wanted to ask you before we finish, Linda, your role as a woman in, in business is important, important to you and important to the business. You're, you're active in promoting the role of women in business in Italy as well as abroad. I, it's an obvious question, but why is this important and what difference do you think you can make? Thanks for, the, for this question, Chris, really appreciate it. Uh, I think I can make a difference as long as I am not alone in this mm-hmm. issue. Because you know that more than 70% of people working in the agri-food system from the field to the offices are women, but it is hard to see them reaching management positions. So it is now more than ever important to change the status quo and to reach a better gender equality. You know that I am one of the co-founders of the Italian Association of Women in Fresh Produce, Mm -hmm. and I am also a Europe president for Global Women Fresh. Mm-hmm. So we want to inspire and empower, empower women, but we can do this only if, if we are together and if we connect each other, sharing our experiences and visions. So, I mean, we are not feminists. We want to go hand in hand with men because each of us can contribute. So I really invite all the women uh, in the world that are somehow involved in the fresh fruit and vegetable supply chain. To, to stay with us and to follow, especially Global Women Fresh, so they can be updated on all the events that we are going to arrange. Great. Well, more power to your elbow, as we say in English. <laughs> Linda, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Linda Carobbi, uh, Corporate Director of Fresh Fruit of Savino del Bene, the Logistics and Supply Chain Specialist. Linda, thank you so much for coming on the programme today. Thank you so much, Chris, and uh, goodbye to all the listeners. Now, you can find today's conversation with Linda and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. We've got more great guests coming on the programme in the next few weeks, so keep listening in. And don't forget to download our new magazine apps so you can read uh, all our titles on your mobile phone or your tablet. Just head to the App Store or to Google Play and search by the magazine name. So look for Eurofruit, Asia Fruit, Fresh Produce Journal or Produce Plus. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Fruitnet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.